up, Cat Primos? Hey, well, I'm Zuna! a unicorn mask, man. That, I'm glad you, yeah, you are a unicorn, aren't you? I was thinking that. By the way, I got, um, you know, one, the second this stops, I got some breaking news to share with everybody. Live from Chattanooga, it is What the Truck Breaking News. <laughs> if you're wondering who microwaved the fish, it was Chad Prevost. <laughs> That's an inside joke. What do you guys think of it? He microwaved a fish about 45 minutes ago. Do you guys think it's all right to microwave a fish at an office? If you think so, leave a comment. I am I am personally offended by the smell of a microwave fish. It was shrimp. I, that's still kind of a fish. I mean, just because it's, uh, you know, a, technically like a crustacean. What? A mollusk? That's <laughs> not a mollusk. Is it a crustacean? looking it up real quick? No, I'm getting, these, yeah. I'm getting oh. our comments up, man, so oh. I can see what the, what the people out there got to say. So, Chad, a 36-year-old woman in Indiana was found with an eight-foot python around her neck. Yeah, so... Uh, but, here's, but here's the thing. Here, it's a tragic accident. Well, yeah, well, here's the scary thing about it, though. In the news, police said there were 140 snakes in her house... But only twenty belong to her. The, well, I it's it's a it's a tragic accident, and you I'm like sorry, snakes, I get, Chad? Do I like snakes? Yeah. Uh, I they can be useful if you know, like they they eat rodents in the in the wild. Yeah. Well, speaking uh, of creepy things, Chad, I went trick or treating <laughs> yesterday in St. Elmo, and I needed yeah. a bonfire because it was forty degrees. Yeah. In there, I could have snuggled up with some cats, and they have this here. I don't know if anyone else has this in their town, but they have a cat cafe. And the, they advertise that there's 29 cats there. So I guess you go and you get, like, coffee. You can go get, like, a glass of Chardonnay, and you can hang out with uh, almost 30 cats. I love cats, but I, I think that that might be a little creepy. You know? Yeah. I, it's, it's like anytime there's somebody that, it's like, if you, the, the thing, bad thing about liking cats is that, you know, like, you're thought of as, like, oh, you're one of those cat people. You're you're, you're the one of those creepy people that have lots of cats. And I'm like, no, I just, I think they're, they make for amazing pets. You yeah. Know? And, and they're amazing creatures. Well, today's episode is brought to us by truckstop.com, the world's most trusted load board. Want to find the best carriers at the best rates, see market data, build relationships, and grow your business with truckstop.com? Visit truckstop.com today for more information. Exciting stuff. Let's get to the headlines. All right, Washington Supreme Court. Washington Supreme Court rules state not at fault for trucking accident that felled I-5 bridge. The Washington State Supreme Court held in a split decision that the state is not liable for a trucking accident that caused the Interstate 5 bridge over the Skagit River to collapse in 2013, the Associated Press reported. Instead, the two trucking companies involved in the crash are on the hook to pay for the damages, according to media reports. Yeah, Washington State sued Mullen Trucking and Motorways Transport for $17 million after a Mullen truck carrying an oversized load hit the overhead beams on the bridge. The northern part of the span collapsed, and three people in two vehicles fell into the river, barely escaping serious injury. The companies countersued and claimed the state should have to pay some of the costs for repairing the bridge. On uh, October 31st, the court then ruled in the state's favor, citing various laws that protect the state from lawsuits when vehicles hit highway structures. Washington state policy holds that vehicle owners or operators are responsible for ensuring their vehicles can pass under a structure. The court also ruled that no, quote, no fault could be allocated to the state, end quote, as a result of damages caused by an oversized vehicle. Oh, by the way. Yeah. So. Everyone out there, be excited. We'll be excited. Let's put some uh, some applause. Right? Do I have any applause on here? Maybe I don't. Do I? 
Oh, yes, you do. We have video. <laughs> the video's back up. Yay! Yeah, Sorry for the technical up. difficulties. Yeah. Sorry we for were the... holding it in there as best we could. Did this mean they didn't even get to see the, the unicorn? That's oh, right. Let's start over. Where's my unicorn? I guess I'll have to go on to it by the end. Anyways, Chad, you have a story here about the Idaho Hem Truckers. Tell me all about that fiasco because we've covered that several times on here. And I know there's an update. Now. Yeah, there is an update. It, it was a major, the USDA's hemp ruling uh, was a major ruling and impacts a lot of factors. But uh, some of it we have been covering, and that is what we are going to talk about right now. Right, Unicorn? Uh, the USDA's hemp ruling resolved some, but not all, of the confusion around the legal status of hemp in Idaho, where in a widely publicized case, a trucker was arrested for bringing hemp across state lines. The new rule does allow hemp to be transported through, through the, throughout the state, but it does not allow people to grow hemp in Idaho. No shocker there. The state remains one of the three, along with South Dakota and Mississippi, that does not allow hemp to be grown under state law. The Idaho legislate, legislature is expected... Hold on, Chad. Let me, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you know, yeah, the, the worst yeah. thing you can do is wear like a masked a mask. costume to like a costume a party. party or even to a podcast because it's very hard to uh <laughs> it's hard to breathe and you also can't just yeah. speak into the microphone. Yeah, take it from me, right? Cuz I I am just wearing a hat. Um but uh yeah, I know. And you are you are a unicorn in all of our eyes, Dooner. Yeah. You don't have to wear the hat for me. The Idaho legislature is expected to once again take up the issue of hemp legalization during the 2020 session. Previous attempts to legalize hemp have failed. I have an update on those on those cases as Thank well. You. So we had Andrew Diardon Adario. He was twenty eight. Eric Eisenhart. He was twenty six. He was arrested. They were both arrested in twenty eighteen when police found they were driving a truck loaded with more than nine hundred hemp plants. D. What do you? How do you say that? Diadario. Diadario and Diadario. Diadario and Eisenhart were transporting the hemp on behalf of a private company traveling from Colorado to Oregon, both states where hemp is legal. The problem is they went through Idaho, right? Yep. Don't where, do that. Federally, it's legal, but Idaho, it's not legal to grow plants or bring any of that stuff. Gotten a whole lot of trouble. It's like locked up abroad right here in the United States. Less than a year after that, in January, another trucker, this dude, Dennis Polymer Chuck, 38, he was arrested for transporting hemp through Ada County from Oregon to Colorado on behalf of another private company. The Idaho State Police touted that the 6,700-pound seizure, later confirmed to be hemp, was the biggest marijuana bust in Idaho history. So, you know, big cocktail party. But it was party. hemp. It was industrial uh, They were still excited about it. All three men were initially charged with trafficking marijuana and would have faced a mandatory five years in prison. That is not justice. If they were convicted of the charge. As the cases worked their way through the court, though, however, prosecutors agreed to a deal in which the three pleaded guilty to misdemeanor possession of marijuana. In September, a magistrate judge sentenced each of them to unsupervised probation. <laughs> That was much, much ado about nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, fortunately for them, you know, in the end. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Speaking of of going across borders, Uber Freight has announced that it is going into Canadian Canada cross-border expansion. I used to actually work for a cross-border broker. It's one of those things that unless you're a cross-border broker, you don't really think you much of no it. You have no idea. But it's a ton of transactions, man. It's a ton of transactions. And, uh, the it's one a lot I more for, complicated, right? The one I worked for made pretty good money. There was, it was them, I believe it was Ann Derringer, and it was Livingston, who were the two big companies across the Canadian border. Have you ever been to Canada? Of course, yeah. I mean, I yeah. worked for a Canadian border. You were right there. Yeah. yeah, just all the time. I was. Um, I don't think we covered the story on this show, The Librarian. Did we cover The yeah. Librarian? Just yeah. Monday. Okay. 
Oh, okay. So I was talking about it in St. Albans. Yeah. 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 That, that area. I, mean, I know you were really nearby. I expected yeah, you did. Derby I, line. I, I've never been to Canada. Okay. That's a border crossing right there. Okay. Like Derby line is. Oh, wow. So anyways, Herber Freight. Herber Freight? Uber Freight. <laughs> Gerber. Uber, 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 Uber Freight. The Digital Freight Brokerage <laughs> Division of Uber Technologies announced on October 29th that it has expanded its operations into Canada to move domestic and cross-border truckloads. The Canadian market is Uber Freight's first international expansion in North America, in addition to the United States. The digital brokerage operates in the Netherlands and Germany, and last week expanded into Poland. <laughs> Whoa! To facilitate its Canadian cross-border marketplace, Uber Freight released a Canadian version of its app with both uh, English and French, and it's even more polite than before. <laughs> well, for, for cross-border loads, Uber Freight plans to work initially with carriers that already operate cross-border to make things a little easier. He expects uh, he Dragert Dragart Dragert said expect expects the marketplace eventually to evolve the way it did in the United States with capacity migrating toward the freight on Uber's platform. When we've what we've seen in the U.S., we expect to play out in Canada as well. Dragert said by making freight more accessible, carriers can expand their operations and and look at more options. But carriers have to make the decision. Yeah, and Uber Freight has recently performed well in Germany, where it's learned to operate around language barriers and currency variants and all of that kind of stuff. So part of the complicated now, thing. Yeah, now yeah. they've gotten through all of that, uh, the, the hard work. They're ready to just proliferate. It's like anything. you got to pour the foundation first, yeah. then you build the house. It's like the melting ice cube metaphor, right? If it's 25 degrees, but it's still, you're still, it's like raising the temperature, but not, you don't see anything. And then you only see the change at 32, 33 degrees. That's what they're doing. You know who's back? I see him out there. It is uh, Dean. He's going to join us to show us his Dean's list. Oh, so Derek, Dean, I will move this. Dean's list. Yes, he is Will you here. wear the He's unicorn? Back. You made the Dean's list. <laughs> <laughs> you to throw your hats in the air. And you graduate. I'll throw my unicorn in the air. Oh, so good to have uh, you back in. Quick introduction. Quick introduction. Just introduce yourself to the world out there for those who may not know you. Yeah. Hi, guys. Uh, hi. Dean, Dean Croak, uh, Chief Insight Officer. That's singular. I only let one insight a day. Uh, mm. Under promise. Under <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> not multiple insights. Like the word of the day. Exactly. You have the insight of what is today's insight? Uh, I've, got, I've got three today. Actually. Oh, oh okay. so you are yes. having multiple insights. So who is the first one to make your Dean's list? Um, I want to talk about speed. Oh, as in Ooh, the right. need for speed? As in drivers need to slow down. The, the freight market's softening. We're heading into a really tough time for, for motor carriers. Volumes are down. But I still see a lot of drivers out there driving really fast to try and get their hours in under the 14-hour clock. Okay. Uh, just slowing down from 75 to 65 miles an hour will save you about $10,000 a year in fuel. Wow. It'll drop your operating costs about 27%. But what's more important is to put $10,000 on your bottom line, you'd yeah. have to run another 100 miles a day or about 29,000 miles a year to put 10000 on your bottom line. If you're mm. speeding. Yeah. So, yeah. so my, okay. my advice would be for motor carriers now, slow down, back off the pressure, find ways to cut costs because freight volumes are going to be very soft for the rest of this year into next year. What I think is interesting about that is it's somewhat counterintuitive right. to be saying, mm -hmm. I'm going to be slowing down and right. therefore I, it's obviously being more efficient, be more efficient being more profitable. Time. But do more miles in each hour, not more miles per hour. 
Ah. Which, mean, which means managing your time more because drivers are only getting about seven hours a day out of their maximum of 11 anyway. At the, at the most, yeah, they're right? about 62% yeah. of their available capacity. Uh, this, this probably applies to all drivers though, right? I mean, people, people yep. make like really, especially like in Massachusetts where I'm from, but I mean, this happens all over the roads. People make like really aggressive, risky moves right. to really get no further, right. you yeah. know? And it, it's a lot to, it's a lot you're putting at stake. Well, if you, if you drive trucks like I've done for years, you'll see drivers go past you really fast and they'll pull over. Oh. Then they'll come back and go past you again. Oh, and oh so yeah. Annoying. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of, a lot of, lot of younger inexperienced drivers fall into that trap. I would just say back off and manage your time a bit better. Or those people who awesome. just like destroy your cruise control because like they, they, you're going 70 and right. they just want to go 72. But then right. when you let them get in front of you, they right. go, they're like 68. Right. When well, they go up the hill and stuff. The worst. Yeah. yeah. Just back the pressure off. Um, the other one's the ELD mandate. Uh, mm. The big day is December 17 coming up where all ELD devices have to be compliant with the new firmware uh, of the ELD. No uh, more spec. A -A Right. Right. Interesting yeah. data from our uh, freight Intel group. We're down from about 43% of trucks on the old AOBRD in February to about 3% now. Okay. But, but about 10% of fleets in the 31 to 50 fleet size still have the old technology. And we are only a matter of weeks away from the cutover. You don't think there's going to be an apocalypse, do you? Not an apocalypse, but there'll be some people that'll be left short if they start to um, enforce the rule. We've been talking about it all year. Yep. <laughs> and and lastly, guys, yeah. uh, health is wealth. Mm. Um, there's a lot of people out there that aren't getting enough sleep. If you get six hours sleep every 24, uh, you're in pretty good shape. That's the bare minimum. Uh, research shows that if you get less than six hours sleep, you're going to be about 16 pounds heavier. Wow. wow. Average. wow. You'll have, your waistline will be about three inches more. What? And Over have, what kind of period of time? Because uh, I only got six hours less. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like a causation doesn't this, equal correlation thing? Like you just don't take study. care of yourself in yeah. general, so yeah. that's why you would right. tend to be heavier. Like the sleep itself isn't the reason. It's just a lifestyle. Well, what happens? Oh, yeah. Like people, you know like saying? if you don't brush your teeth, you're more likely right. to get Not cancer. Have it's like what's oh, the, yeah. oh, you know, yeah, those yeah. kinds of correlation yeah. things. Right. Or like be, have like make less money. It's not like brushing your teeth necessarily <laughs> makes you money. It's not linear as in, you know, more sleep makes you feel better. There's a cutoff point about six hours where anything less than six hours, there's a whole lot of health outcomes that start to turn for the worse you know such as you know you what happens when you get less hours and less hours you get about a 20 percent increase in the uh, uh the uh the thing called leptin and ghrelin there's kind of an imbalance in the uh the, the things that tell you to eat and the things that tell you to fool oh. there's a real imbalance that occurs so what happens is the less sleep you get what happens is there's a drive to eat more yeah. yeah, and that's where you put on the weight. Yeah. Truck, right. Truckers are really exposed to that it. That happens, so. right? You do like yep. when you're up late. Do you tend to like gravitate towards the yep. cupboard or the refrigerator or like absolutely ah, comfort? Well, you know what I do to cut myself off from that? Sometimes I take a little melatonin. Oh, you know, I'm yeah. just like this isn't going good. Like I need to shut this this yeah. operating system. Could down. be psychological because melatonin Ooh. really only works when there's daylight because sunlight suppresses the melatonin. Why, why are production. you telling? Now it's not going to work for yeah. him. Why no, are you like you're destroying just, the yeah. Jedi mind trick? <laughs> right when I was about to get out of this segment with so much, and this now is, I'm all messed up. He like just destroyed an entire category of, of herbal <laughs> supplements. This is the behavioral therapy of sleep. Oh <laughs> Sorry, man, good health is going to send their goons after you. <laughs> yeah. So that's the dean's list for today. That's Great. Thank you. Dean, how do I, when people want more of your daily insights, I know that you're on social media. How do people find out more? Uh, on Twitter, FreightWaves ME, uh, or they can contact us here at FreightWaves uh, via our website through our contact list. But I'm on FreightWaves uh, ME on Twitter and also on LinkedIn. Awesome. Great stuff. Thanks Fantastic. For joining us. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Dean. Always just wonderful to have you on. Yeah. Um, and I think that he made the Dean's list, and I think our audience is, yeah. um, that was a treat. Thank you, sir. Have a nice day, Dean.
So, Chad, hey, what, I got a question for you. By the Chad. way, Dean was on the uh, Off the Supply Chain show that um that is uh, air, well, that just that aired. aired. That aired. Did, and did, oh, wait, did so you I win? Can, yes, Oh, my God. Did. Wait, did we address that you're the winner? Yes, that's Oh, what, here. Hit this. That, that, hit is that cowbell. why you were hanging around? And it's like, when do I get the cowbell? And he scored 23 points, which is tied for an all-time high. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. I got to show for that. No, no surprise I've done, there. I've done 20 and I've done 21. Come on in, brother. It's time for the... Well, before I get to that, I got, I got a question for you guys. I asked this on Twitter and for you people out there, too. Yeah. I had an yeah. inter- a job interview in 2011 on Halloween, and I wore a Halloween costume, and they looked at me like I was an idiot. So my question is, is it ever okay to wear a Halloween costume to a job interview? <laughs> <laughs> you did? Um, never. It's never okay. I don't know. Wow, man. All right. Uh, that, that just inspired me right it there. It is the DHL Supply Chain Freight Waves Pricing Power Index. <laughs> and here to join us today is a man whose show just launched on Freightcast before it goes wide. Well, that's you're right, yeah. home on there, right? Yeah. You're the research <laughs> I, I, surprise. Yeah, I know, right? You're like, that's news to me. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we no. do a lot of, everyone does a lot of content here, so sometimes you're like, wait, oh yeah, which one was, which, was that, that? That was so three days ago. Which that was, show was so three days lately, ago. yeah. Uh, so well, it, it's what is it? It's the transformation nation covering the state of freight, the research through data, dealing with finance, all that kind yes. of stuff. Yeah, we deal a lot with finance and earnings and, uh, and and just the freight markets in general. Well, that sounds pretty exciting. I'm sure that you spice it up and of make course. it make it your own personality and brand. Uh, well, you know, one of the things you've done is you've taken this pricing power mm. index takes just it aggregates these great data PowerPoints. Can you s- explain to our audience who may not be familiar with the pricing power index? Oh, yeah. What is it and what makes it so badass? It's hard not to laugh at that hat. You get excited, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> I'm the mad hatter. I'm the mad hatter right now. So does this make everything more serious now? <laughs> <laughs> So, well, Tim, yes. we'll cut the dead air. <laughs> What's we'll my valuation? Yeah, so, so, uh, you can't cut the dead air. This is live. Right. It's a live show, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> so, in, so, in post? No, it no, doesn't happen. <laughs> All right. So, what so, is the index? <laughs> so, so, so the, the DA shell pri- supply chain pricing power index takes a little bit of everything mm-hmm. from, oh. from the markets. You know, load volumes, OTVI, tender rejections, OTRI. Yeah. You also have uh, some other data points in in sonar. You have critical events like weathers, wildfires, uh, strikes, UAW mm. strikes, uh, and also a lot of macro. Wow, that's even more data points than I thought. I know. All right, so and everyone knows. Whatever's like, everyone's news. a long-time listener. So yeah, this so thing, zero is for the shippers, right? Yeah, I mean, it goes from zero to 100. 100? The closer you get to zero. 100 for the carry. So this is this yeah. is so 50 okay. is balanced. And it's been it was like around 40ish like a few weeks ago and every week it's been falling by 5 points towards the shippers. It's stabilized at 25 for 2 weeks. But there's bad news now. It's it fell again, right? It well, fell bad again. news if you're not if you're a shipper, bad news if you're a carry. That's true. Yeah. Well, so, and so maybe bad news well, for the economy. Maybe. Well, ac- yeah. actually that that is true, right? So it's not really all that great news for shippers because yeah. a lot of the reasons why it's falling is because demand it is falling. Industrial surveys, manufacturing surveys yeah. are all going down right now. Okay. So, which means less less loads. And you've shaved 10 points off your three-month outlook. It used to be yes. an even 50, 50, and now it's 
40. So I was about to ask. Yeah. It's just 40. We have a lot of earnings coming out from transportation companies, whether that's uh, 3PLs or trucking companies. And it, it looks like I thought I, I'm, I'm backing up where we're at in the cycle. Right? Yeah. Because I think it's cyclical, right? It's the Tri- cyclical cycle. cycle. That's yeah, right. That's exactly right. So I, I thought we were moving a little bit further through that trough and, and back up. But I think after the last couple of weeks, we might be a little bit behind where we thought we were. Well, the, the three month. Now, if I can, you, you've you been talking about this three month outlook. When mm-hmm. When is there like a deadline for when the three month ends or is it like always three months ahead? It's always three months ahead. Oh, I see. Yeah, so, okay. so, at so some each point, week we're thinking three months out. Each week we're thinking three months out. Okay. So that will change as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's, and, but, so it's hard to know. But so then you're ne- never technically wrong. Well, right. no. no, I'm <laughs> no. never technically They're wrong. Prognosticate, I mean, right? Yeah, They're course, prognosticate. Yeah. Of course. And that is now in sonar as well. So you can see uh, the week by week graph. Okay. Wow. What and is how your... that changes. What does your team have in store for a couple of things? Because we're going to be talking about a ton of stuff at Freightways Live coming up November 12th and 13th at the McCormick Center in Chicago. It's super exciting. We're doing a bunch of stuff from the live stage. Chad and I are, I think we're emceeing kind of the whole thing. There's going to be a bunch of what the trucks. We're going to be talking a lot about the new things that if you podcast listeners, you know about Freightcast now, which is our or one feed. As every feed, your show is debuting on that feed. It's active right there while we wait for Apple Podcasts to approve it. Yeah. So you can go and listen to their first episode. Mm-hmm. But what is your group doing? What are you doing that's special for this event? For this event? Special for this event? Yeah. We're putting together um, some some information that, that, that we'll, we'll have out on stage. I, I think one of the things that we do that will probably make this event is uh, a freight broker compensation survey. And also, just in general, you know, locations and, and just really the freight brokerage industry, yeah. how they compensate, uh, what qualities that that you look for when you're hiring you know maybe not somebody who shows up in a halloween costume uh, yeah um but maybe so well, yeah. um, <laughs> you, know, you have to be a, a you, you know, know what life is a, a little strange thing. to be a freight broker anyway life is a funny road though you see if they hired me i may never have ended up here true right because that would have true. changed the entire trajectory of, what of your, your life costume? if you think about it like i may never oh, have met my halloween. wife and i may oh, never have yeah. Like, uh, I, I wouldn't have the same children, Slimy you know, and I wouldn't, yeah, yeah. nothing yeah. would be the same. I wouldn't even be breathing What was the your same costume? Um, it was like Spider-Man or something like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I had a B somewhere. It was like was kind of like, 3PL oh, sales? It was a 3PL. Oh. It wasn't sales. It was a brokerage. It wasn't like even front facing. I could <laughs> Nobody would know if you're on the phone wearing a Spider-Man costume or, or a unicorn hat. So you didn't night. get True. the job is what you're saying. It's all right. Uh, well, one of the things, like I remember last time, I got a worse one when Seth was talking about the, uh, the 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 pricing power index. He was like, "Well, there's four trends that we're looking at that were positive for shippers, and two that were sort of more maybe favoring in some ways carriers. Uh-huh. Like it's it's kind of a balancing thing. Like, is there anything a trend short or long term right now that is favoring carriers at all? Uh, there is. You know, I mean, it's it's all about overcapacity right now." Right, load mm. volumes are, are still up. They're not quite up as much as they were a couple okay. weeks ago, but they're they're still up above 2018 levels. There's just a lot of capacity in the market. Tender rejections uh, remain stagnant. Uh, contract pricing is coming down. Uh, spot pricing is still very flat, uh, uh, but that can't last forever. So we're making right. it through the cycle. So that's the positive for carriers. It's so bad that it's probably good. Good to stop. <laughs> Nothing Good lasts stuff. forever. And not the next even one, Kevin Hill. Not even the cold November rain. It is November now. <laughs> it is. Right. Cold and uh, I like that one. So you're coming. Uh, you're, you're 
Thursdays. Pricing power, the DHL supply chain freight rates. Yes, it's on every Thursday, up. every Thursday afternoon. So we published uh, the, the 20 number yesterday. All right, check it out and keep an eye out for his podcast with Seth Holm. I believe JPH was on there too. Mm-hmm. Yep. What the Trek original? And you yeah. know you where to find him all over the place. Chad, I left exactly. them alone in this booth to do it too. I just, I, all I did was the fader on the beginning and the end, and they were on their own. Yeah, right? we were. Wow, they very were. independent. No training wheels whatsoever. All right. All right, we'll all see right. you later, Kevin. Okay. Thanks, Kevin. Fantastic analysis, as always. Of course it is. But now it is Brad versus Chad. Whoa! The clash of the titans, the rivalry that permeates the hallways. It, it has this layer <laughs> of toxicity between the two of you. Are, are, no, I'm just I, kidding. I, it's a healthy, it's a healthy rivalry. Aren't I had three to two? You have taken the lead, but you have you haven't realized. I don't know if you've been paying it's attention been to earnings over long. under. But Chad has been awful at it over the... He's, he's very streaky. He's a streaky player. Okay? You, uh, you're getting into my head. My, you're when, playing with my confidence. What you have to wonder about him is if he's if he's like he's like that the PPI. He's like that DHL Supply Chain Freight Waves Price and Power Index. Has he fallen on the zero or has he fallen on the hundred? He's been on the zero for a long time. I haven't been very balanced. Yeah. I'll say that. Earnings over under. Boom. This is the, this is why this show started was transportation time a year to to cover these earnings and just make it fun because you know I, I'm not a huge finance guy and Chad's not a huge finance guy. Big I don't know finance guy. Big English major. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're gonna let Brad go first. Cool. All right, I, I tossed invisible see, coin. So I, you can. All right. Yeah. Gonna, how great is your vet? How what is phenomenal. wrong with your young eyes? Yeah, All right. <laughs> USA Truck Inc. Earnings per share ten cents. Um, what's my timeline again? Like, how long do I get to do you read? Need to, do you need to call your two, lifeline? Over. What? Okay. Uh, under. Smart move, man. They, they had, It was bad for them. They lost <laughs> 13 cents. USA Truck was forced into the spot market to find freight, but they turned up no cost relief there. As we know, the spot market's been depressed. USA Truck's president and yeah. CEO, James Reed. So he says the following. He goes, the third quarter marked a continuation of the challenging freight environment the, the industry has experienced in 2019. We're almost sick of saying it, right? Mm. Uh, yes. Seasonally soft market coupled with increased truck capacity in the market has created an environment where shippers are motivated to allocate a larger portion of their freight to the spot market and low price carrier option. Mm. The environment continues to adversely impact results in both our trucking and logistics segments. So do what Dean said, slow your truck down. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, Chad. Schneider National Earnings per share thirty four cents. Oh, that's that, that would be a lot. Um, I, I guess I'll I guess I'll go over. Okay. Under. Smart move. Smart move. They were under. It was thirty two cents. The, the company had a higher. That's close, <laughs> man. These are tough questions. They, they blamed an interesting thing, but this has come in in the economics a lot, and it's about truck sales, right? So they blamed an inventory of tractors held for sale to lower freight volumes, slowed used equipment sales, and the shuttering of FTFM. Schneider National was unable to place the equipment they wanted to sell through its resale partner for a resale. So instead, they had to utilize block sales to unwind its fleet. So they hmm. lost quite a bit there. Interesting. Uh, when when yeah. markets are present, nobody's buying these tractors yeah. or these trucks, so you're, you're, you get stuck holding the bag. That's a good tidbit. Nice job. Yeah. Fair enough. I like that. YRC, Brad. Uh, did they lose? So it's negative 17 cents. So over would be that they did better than 17 cents. So that would be 16 cents. Lost 16 cents or better, right? I know it's kind of backwards. Yeah. But okay, lost 18 cents or more would be under. So negative 17. 
I'm gonna go under. Okay. <sighs> well, I think they did they did poorly across the board, but the exact number, I, I guess I'll go over for this for the spirit of Yeah, no, the, it so it wasn't as bad as as the prognosticators thought, like bar uh, charts, stuff like that. Yeah, okay. They only lost fourteen cents. Oh, so nice. for the company's three regional operators, New Penn, Holland, the visiting and team is one each time on these. <laughs> right away, the quarter was an across the board mess. Operating ratio spiked to nearly one hundred one percent from ninety six point two percent in the year earlier period, meaning units spent more than they generated in revenue. Daily shipments fell three point nine percent year over year. The company did try to frame this as situational, though, and as a positive, it added that contract renewals were up 3%. That's where a lot of the consistent money comes in. That The other company we just heard said they had to go to the spot market, right? USA yeah. Truck, that's where they took a big hit. So YRC is just saying, hey, look, we're getting the contract renewals. There could be some stability here. Please don't prognosticate that we're going to lose <laughs> 17 yeah. cents again. It's psych- psychological. Yeah. Just like me being ahead two to one right now. Yeah. Psychological. Yep. All right. A beautiful bow you have on the back. Thank you. That is, that is, a, that is very ornate. <laughs> All right, Chad, it's Hub Group. Hub Group, earnings per share, 80 cents. I'm going to take the under. Okay. I'm going to take that as well. Are you sure oh. you want to do something like that? Because you need to create some space between well, yourself you, and you, Chad. You can't yeah, help You're right. Him. Over, over, <laughs> over. Oh, very smart move. Very smart move. It was over. It was 97 cents. The gun, but here's here's the thing, and here's why you, you totally might. Helped him. I misunderstood no the game. I misunderstood the game. Yeah, he misunderstood. <laughs> he misunderstood. didn't. He didn't know. He, he didn't think he locked it in. He didn't. I say, didn't think so. Yeah, he didn't read just the final, an, so? final answer. <laughs> but anyways, so Hub Group. Here's why you may have thought that there was a headline on our site that said the company is not expecting to see any peak season surcharge uptick. So this was like the most negative framed positive hmm. for beating uh, an estimate by yeah. 17 cents. So. But they're saying they're trying to temper people's ex- expectations for the fourth quarter because they think a lot of the stuff we're seeing in the earnings for these past couple of companies is what they're going to get hit with in the fourth quarter. They don't they don't see the peak season coming in. The earnings guidance is calling for, uh, which is uh, normally their strongest. It's saying that it's going to be weaker than its actual third quarter results. Management indicated that the only bright spot has been some relative tightness in the West as well as in Chicago the last couple of weeks. So. Other than that, they they're not peaking. They're, they're not. not they're not anticipating it. And there's there's tightness in Chicago because Freightways Live is coming there November twelfth and thirteenth. <laughs> yeah! There's barely any tickets left. Go to Freightways.com. Click on events. Okay, here's the tiebreaker. <laughs> Apple. Whoa. Let's go first. Apple. 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 That's not a trucking company. Apple. <laughs> I don't care. Apple. <laughs> Earnings per share two dollars and eighty four cents. I'm gonna go below. Okay. All right, I'll go above. Oh, you're finally yeah! up. Right. Thank you. Thank you. It's okay. No. Yeah, the Cupertino brand, they said, uh, well, iPhone sales are down, which a lot of people were expecting. Smartphones yeah, are kind of at critical mass. You know, people are keeping them a little bit longer. It's not as exciting and it's not it's as not. like cool to just switch every year. No, it's not. Yeah. I know. That's I guess I won the series four to two. Is it over? Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to do this again. Oh. I don't know. I think we should throw like an extra I think we should just restart it because think, like that like it like went into another season. It went season. into a new one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's up so I'm up one to nothing. But here's how they're making here's so here's how they're making money though. So the, the iPhone sales are getting sluggish, but they've started developing their watch and their earbuds. So the wearables division and services like the iCloud. Yeah. And you kind of need the iCloud when you're stuck in this ecosystem because after having an iPhone for like 10 years, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you have like 500, 600 gigabytes. And then you have to get like 
it jumps right to a tetrabyte plan. Like I had to get like the two tetrabyte plan, or, or like risk losing like my entire memories for ten years. What do you think of the AirPods? <laughs> I think they kind of look like I, I haven't warmed up from them. Yeah. I think maybe they yeah. got to do them in black because like to me they kind of look like Q-tips like in the yeah. ear. I don't know fun. why because like I wear the regular white ones yeah, and I, I like, like those. Too. You can tether them, but. And those don't look like Q-tips hanging out of your ears. And this is kind of the same thing, just out of cord. But it's just something about it. It's a little yeah. bit bulkier. It's a little bit bigger. People seem to love them, though. They do. I see they Q-tips. I, I, I thought they were Q-tips <laughs> hanging out of people's ears all over the place. I didn't know what was it's wrong the with them. Yeah. They, they, uh, they, they are. I mean, I do like the Apple um, earphones, uh, headphones. But I, I don't have the... Those Q-tip kinds. I just don't want to. Like, I don't want another thing to charge. Like, I don't want to oh, charge gosh. my watch and charge. I just got rid of my watch. I, I was too yeah. tethered. I got rid of my watch. You did? Yeah, you we talked some about other... that. Yeah, we... yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't have it either. You're not tethered yeah, either. Same team. Nice, nice. smart move. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. Get... Well, it's too some... much. Everyone used to wear a watch, and, right? And, and then, like, then cell like, phones came out, and we all got many, like, "Oh, yeah. we don't need to wear watches anymore." And then they're like, "No, now we're like what? a calculator." Yeah, watch. And you'll get this one Slack notification, and suddenly your watch yeah. is telling you, and your phone is oh. telling you, and your computer is telling you, and you're like, it's "Okay, okay, okay." It's a I Slack. I know. I already have like a big enough problem. Like when I try to like watch anything, I just find like I just always find myself back here, and I'm yeah. like. I have to actively think not to do it, right? You have to, I mean, yeah. Maybe if you could get one that like shocked you. It was like an anti-Apple Watch and it shocked you. No, you thank were, you. Yeah. No, I know. That's when it would start to like buzz and I would, anyway. So good. Freddy G, if, uh, hey, it's if a ladies out there want to learn more about you, uh, how do they reach out? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn at yeah. uh, my full name, Bradley Patrick Kinane. Um, nice. Bradley Patrick. It's, <laughs> wow. Sounds very distinguished. Yes. What about BPG? BPG, you can go by that or Instagram slash Twitter BPG. Shout out. Boop, boop. All right. By the way, <laughs> apparently there's a whole Brad and Chad thing. Yeah. There like, is. That's actually you're acting a like funny a Chad story. or you're acting like a Brad. When I first when I first came to interview at Freight Waves years and years ago, seems like ten years ago. It was really only Yeah, we're in dog years, years here. We are in dog years. I met I the first, there was only like ten people there and it was you and, and Brad Hill and I'm oh, of yeah. course Brad and I was like it was at the height of the Brad Chad movement oh, <laughs> and it was wow. Chad Brad, Brad gets and Brad. a bad rap man it does it Brad does. gets a real well, bad rap what you do I'm all right well, thanks for joining it. us man hey well we don't always. believe in stereotypes hey real quick though what are you what are you gonna be up to at Freightways Live what am I I'm actually gonna be up to um, being at TIA um, in oh. Jacksonville Amelia Island oh. I'll be at TIA hanging oh. out representing. Represent oh. the Freight Waves team down. All right. Down well, well, cheer well, us on. I'll bring your little voodoo doll with me will. then. I'll wear, I'll wear a yeah, little charm. Yeah, figure out a way to cast us on a big screen there. I definitely yeah. will. As always, I appreciate it. You do an amazing job. Thanks. I feel like it's rigged. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> if it was rigged, he wouldn't have lost for like three months straight. Like we It wasn't three months. It was It was, it was maybe tough. like five weeks in a row. It, it just It seemed like a lot. Yeah. It, believe me, I had to live with myself. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what? Now is the point in the show where we get to hear from our listeners. But you know what? I don't have the comment section radio bumper in here, so I'm going to give myself a fail horn for that. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, mm. that's all right. You're I'll give myself that. All right. So comments. This is for you, listener. Make your own noise. Make your own. Yeehaw! Over yeah. Yeah. Let's hear from you. Sing a little old town road. All that stuff. So here's the articles that got people going on Freightways.com. The first one is from TFI's. Bedard, he calls Driver Inc. the cancer of the Canadian freight market. And here's something like, I, I wasn't super familiar with Driver Inc., but I guess Driver Inc. is not a company. It's, it's like a name for a temporary employee. If I'm completely mistaken, I don't know. If Canadian readers out there type, type it if I'm saying that wrong. Yeah, that's, that's that my seems to be my understanding, right? Yeah. Okay, so 
This is from Larry Damchuk, and he says, if TFI paid a decent wage to drivers, they wouldn't have any issues with Driver Inc. taking employees. The so-called driver shortage is actually a driver wage shortage. Mega carriers are so cheap with their pay, they can't get anyone to haul for them. They, in turn, hire fly-by-night contractors with unsafe, unskilled drivers to haul their freight. Carriers using the same driver ink dryer she's crying into his Chateau Lafitte about. <laughs> Chateau Lafitte. Well, wow. oh, Chateau. Okay. <laughs> um, that was funny. Well, this is from, on the same article, yeah. from Unknown Employee. And this was just yesterday. I think the complaint here is in regards to rates, which have more to do with client preferences than employee wages. TFI can't pay more if their rates are being undercut. You bring up another good point, though, which is how driver ink companies can hire just about anyone to drive for them without facing the same safety compliance policies as larger corporations. Larger corporations have to budget for professional staff to uphold these policies and practices. Many drivers try desperately to switch over to a large company that will take care of them, but can't because their driver's abstract has been littered with violations at the hands of their driver ink employer. Hmm. Again, unfair advantage. I also question how much of driver ink profits are staying in the Canadian economy. Very interesting, insightful comments. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of schools of thought on this and where the money's going in this whole driver ink thing. But I think his main point there was that these low-wage workers don't go through the same training and the same technical, and they don't even look at these as long-term careers. So ultimately, what they're doing is hurting the professional drivers. So that I mean, that's their their whole entire beef with it. Yeah, right. That, and that's, that's, that's and, then, and now the companies are upset too because they're like, well, we're trying to be fair, offer living wages and hire and we have more responsibilities. Yeah. yeah, that we're paying for. Yeah, so that, it's uneven playing field. Yeah, uh, fair, fair enough argument. Okay, from the article, Hub Group sees no peak season coming. So this is what we talked about in earnings, right? Yes. They had beat earnings by 17%. It was 80, the, the uh, estimated earnings per share was 80 cents. They came in at 97. Sounds great. Everyone should be celebrating, right? A lot of not, headwinds. Not so fast. They said that they don't see a peak season. Look out. Don't don't estimate too much for quarter four. So yeah. Ray Kekzar, he says, uh, the whole industry is most negative these days. We have let the shippers share in all the data. They control us right now, and we let them as a transportation industry. And now we want to move to blockchain so they can have more data? We invited this by companies who own no trucks. This is now affecting large transportation companies and large brokerages. We all need to tell shippers no and fast. That is mm. not—I disagree. I respectfully That's, disagree. Yeah. I, a more transparent marketplace uh, leads to greater efficiencies and, you know, I would say cooperation— uh, I I don't I don't think that that at all has to do with the situation. I know, and I think it's, you're, you're kind of swimming into the current doing that, and it's not a great idea. And I'm not saying that trucking is a very interesting space because asset based companies have such a hard time making a dime, and it does have to it does yes. have to hurt to see a not asset based just digital company come up with two employees and be worth a hundred and some odd million dollars within four years when they don't have any of the risk and any of the stakes you do. But one of the reasons they are valued at that is because they are building these platforms. So the best thing you can really do is figure out ways to work with them and to integrate with them. And that really doesn't have anything necessarily to do with with blockchain. I mean, I don't think blockchain is affecting (laughs) rates at all. I mean, no, just an immutable decentralized ledger or something like that. Uh, Very good point, though. Very good point. Uh, Alexander says on the same article, keep pushing and praying. Hub Group will get better. Got to have faith in Jesus. Hmm. All right. All right. Pray for rain. Yeah. 
What about this other article? Yeah, Atlas Air, they lose money from Q3 operations. So it was really a mixed bag in earnings. We haven't covered all of them because there was the steamship lines came in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they're not in the same like NASDAQ thing, but their earnings were, were spotty. Some were up, some were down. Uh, we had um, some of the air carriers, some of the ground carriers, and some of the digital brokerages. We tend to carry a lot of the land carriers this time because, I don't know, I think that's more indicative of what's actually going on in the freight market as we try to put context to this freight recession. But here is Joe Smith. He says that Atlas Management is a lying sack. There is no sick out or slow down. The airline is understaffed and nobody wants to work there. Three out of four pilots are looking for work elsewhere. The leadership is more interested in sticking it to pilots than building the business so they can reap what they sow. Flynn and the gang are gutless winders, more interested in litigations and punitive scheduling. If they would keep reserves and stop making sure everybody is used every day in line balancing and the other BS that Croc Lindsay, geez, super, this is getting a little aggressive. Amazon wants more airplanes gone because Atlas is never on time and is about as reliable as a herpes outbreak. So, wow, this was really an indemnification. So but, that's not reliable. Well, this, so this is another company. Atlas yeah. used to work with Amazon, right? They it were one of their like charter providers. sounds like Joe Smith has some familiarity with um, maybe, I mean, like it just... Do you, yeah, do you think like he's some, a worker? He works some, for them? Some insider information. So, like, there's definitely yeah. a, a, an axe to grind there about punitive scheduling. That, yeah, and three, three out of four, that sounds like some sort of, I don't know. I, I, I have no commentary I, on that other than it sounds I, like... Yeah, I don't know. I think this is another case of Amazon just bringing more and more things in-house. They're getting more planes, so they don't, and they're doing more deliveries on their own. So they don't need the UPSs of the world anymore. They don't need the FedEx of the world anymore. And they don't need the Atlas Airs of the more, because for them, yeah. when they put their stake in their reputation on guaranteed delivery, guaranteed one- and two-day delivery, same-day delivery, these kind of things, it behooves them to do it themselves, and I think that's what they're starting to realize. And that's kind of what is becoming scary about the monolith that is Amazon as a logistics carrier. Wow. I mean, you are preaching it like good stuff. Good analysis. Uh, I, I totally agree. From the article, Jim Handoush, Handoush believed he was destined for Apple, but blockchain has ignited his passion. Noble One says, quote, once hailed as unhackable, blockchains are now getting hacked. And he says, Google it. And then he has another quote. More and more security holes are appearing in cryptocurrency and smart contract platforms, and some are fundamentals to the way they were built. And then he's uh, about this quote. He says, mm -hmm. I tend to agree with New York University's Joseph Bono. And to quote him, I think there will be more fear that this will happen in the future. I, I, it's hard to put together. Wait, he didn't put in my humble opinion. He always ends everything in but my humble opinion. But it is in his humble opinion. Yes. But what is? What is? Like, okay, so he's agreeing with the quote that there will be more fear. Okay. Well, yeah, so it, I mean. You know what happens a lot of times on, on the internet? And it's kind of what got Facebook in trouble is that a lot of people like to just read the headline. And, it, and if it confirms their worldview, they accept it. So if you, I think that if you are of the volition that you want to think that blockchain is a flawed platform, you will seek out headlines that say that. And then you'll be like, okay, yes. blockchain is terrible because one, one got hacked. Yeah. And I don't think that means blockchain is a terrible platform at all or it's hackable or unhackable. I think that anything that deals with technology has flaws and it has loopholes in it. And there could be nefarious actors that get into almost any system. But I think that routinely... 
in general, blockchain is pretty secure, but it, the onus is on anybody who's sharing data to figure out what kind of platform you're working with. Yeah, I think we always pointed out about pl a blockchain that, like, well, the the mutable part is the person putting the information in in the first place. Yeah, yeah, and that, I mean, yeah. and that in of itself could lead to sort of flaws. Yeah. Well, David Tildern, he actually replied to Noble, and he said, nobody in the logistics industry, it seems, want blockchain for their own selfish reasons. Nobody, everybody wants and needs to lie at some point when a load is moving from A to B to C. Well, they scramble to fix the issue that occur every day moving freight. <laughs> Two or three years ago, the word blockchain was all the rave, but nobody's working on it or wants it today. I don't know if that's true. I just think that there's not as much to say as there was when we were educating everybody on it. Yeah. There's anybody saying there's so many articles that are being shelved. I read that just last week, a conference in Chicago, a speaker asked a room full of 3PL executives how they were working on at least one blockchain project, and not one person raised their hand. Sad, but true. Now, I think that what's happening, though, with blockchain isn't that it's gotten completely forgotten. I think it's that people have been educated on it, and they realize that it fits in certain gaps, and they're working on those more narrow gaps. So you're just traditional 3PL executive who doesn't deal with technology or doesn't deal with that deploy. Why would he care? Right. He already no. was educated that two or three years ago. And there's a lot of technology and and software and solutions that do fulfill what they need right now. So no, exactly. Yeah. Look at what's going on in the food supply chain. MasterCard just got involved with another rollout in the, the food supply chain. And we're seeing a lot of great successes in blockchain oh, yeah. along there. Food safety and blockchain do fit. And that payments, is a good too. Like yeah, payment, oh, not yes. just using coin, not using oh, token. Yes. I'm talking using real USD. People brokering Brokering uh, tenders and payments through blockchain has also been very successful. Absolutely. And finally, from the article, Size of C.H. Robinson's Miss, surprises Wall Street analysts. Ray, Ray Kaczar, and who we've already quoted once, he also on this says, This is a sad story which reflects on the whole industry of transportation. C.H. Robinson will rebound. I know these folks well. All of these large brokerages are going through this right now. All brokers need to say no to the shippers for cheap, cheap hurts everyone except the greedy. It is so bad. It is so bad. Pain is being felt by everyone. As truckers, we are a part of the reason for hauling this cheap freight. As brokers, they need to step up to the plate and with their sales department and say no to discounts. It will help with as many corporations fall off the list of being available. Only the strong will survive. As a small owner of six trucks, I see bleakness in front of me. Even if I fail, I would say C.H. Robinson is the best company I have ever dealt with. And any shippers who use, use C.H.R., you are dealing with ethics, something very rare in my opinion. Interesting. You know, I, I, I can see like that fear. If you're a smaller owner-operator and you can't, you can't invest in some of these technological initiatives to make yourself more efficient, it's, the margins are going to get more and more compressed and more and more squeezed because the carriers that are becoming more efficient can charge less for freight and still make that profit. It's going to it's going to get tougher if you don't start getting on board. That doesn't mean technology is bad at all, but if you want to survive, then yeah, maybe it behooves you to do that. He is asking for some cooperative competition. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but that's what he's kind of calling for. I mean, it's it's a yeah. cutthroat market though. Like yeah. people if you if you park the truck, someone else is going to move the freight. So it's yeah. Everyone's I mean, always, he makes a good point. I just don't know if that's really going to happen. Um, well, Dave has a counterpoint. He says, "Well, I can only imagine just how bad it is then for the so-called new digital brokers who were already losing money even last year before this so-called freight recession. If Robinson is seeing a ten percent revenue fall in lower margins, then I imagine that Uber Freight, Convoy, Transfix, LoadSmart, and all the rest I read about are seeing heavy blood in the streets and burning through their cash piles faster than ever. Does anyone here?" 
know if that's true. And interestingly enough, JP Hampstead, our very own, yeah. responded and said, I imagine that's right. Anyone trying to grow revenue in this market would have to bid very aggressively indeed. Still, it's harder to get insight into private companies. Uber reports November 4th, but unclear how much light will be shed on freight, which is buried in other bets along with their scooter and bike sharing businesses. Oh, and a, com- a commenter just wrote in on LinkedIn. He said, Chad, yeah. I love your hat. Oh. <laughs> and, and who could? It's <laughs> a beautiful you. little hat. Yes. <laughs> oh, I do appreciate that. Um, happy All Saints Day, everybody. Yeah. So, Freightwaves Live Chicago is just, it's just, what, not 17 days. What is it now? It's, it's the 12th. It's, it's 11 it's, days, 10 days, 10 and a half days. Uh, it's it's barreling down upon us. Yeah. It's the Freight Tech event of the decade when we descend on the McCormick Center. Are you ready, Chad? I'm ready for keynotes, Dooner. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. We got that. Ben Mesrich. Howard Green. Plus rapid fire demos, legendary after parties, and a Freightwaves live stage that will be running daily live streams from that take you inside the huddle. On stage, the event presents shows like Fuller Speed Ahead, Off the Supply Chain, Freightwaves Insiders, this very show, What the Truck. We're doing a port report, I believe, from there. Laura and I's new show. Check that out, especially if you are like an Inco Terms dork. This is the American Shipper Show. Uh, I think we might be thing. releasing Inside the Box. Stay tuned for that new show. Oh, that, you think that might debut there? It might. Wow. We don't know. There's like one little variable, but we're going to have it ready. Uh, get your tickets to Freightwaves live now before they're gone. Go to FreightWaves.com and click on events. You can follow this show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere. Podcasts are heard around, around the, world. the world. Or now. Or now. This is what the Freight Tech Revolution sounds like. Freightcast. Follow that one feed. As every single yeah. show we do, we're up to 10 podcasts now, including the Freightways Research Group's brand new show. You can check that out in their port report. Everything we've mentioned, it's a great time. It's free. Hitting you, you over the head with one podcast after another. You can find uh, him on Twitter at Chad Prevost. You can find me at Timothy Dooner. Let's play the music to get us out of the huddle. Did that go? Oh, we're in the wrong thing. Here we go one more time. There's been a lot of errors on this show today. Boom. Nothing right. that we can't take care Nothing of. Nothing that we can't take. All right. It's all right. been great to a see little you here. For all the listeners who stuck through the early technical difficulties <laughs> in the show. <laughs> Thank you. A little cowbell for own technical difficulties right there. A little cowbell for the weekend, man. Shout out to All Saints Day. Day. A little cowbell having a happy safe uh, Halloween. I hope you have a good one. Last night it was warmer there than Chattanooga. On what? The truck! Yeah. See you on Monday, everybody. See you. It's going to be a great time. Talk about where you're gonna find Amazon's disposable batteries, right? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work as well with the with the mask. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> Bye now.